0: All right, we are live. What's up, guys? Roy here, and you're at the Balance Mill Podcast series. We have another episode for the, or another episode segment. I don't know, whatever. It's another episode in the We Were in a Cult series, and where I speak to former members of the ICOC going over our lives in the church, out of the church, trying to figure out this crazy thing that it was. Uh, and today I have. Uh, guest is Karen. What's up, Karen?
1: Hey,
0: so she is a former member of the ICOC. Karen, welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on and talking.
1: Absolutely.
0: She is a friend of another guest that's been on here. Keisha.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We have our own little podcast, um, with We're on a little bit of a break, but we do have our own little podcast together that we thoroughly enjoy doing.
0: It's my, one of my favorite names of a podcast.
1: (laughs) Gray hair down there.
0: (laughs) It's a weird moment in time when you start seeing those.
1: Yep. (laughs) You know, you, you, you've you've made it when you see that.
0: (laughs) It takes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a wild time. I'd call, I call them, I'm in my Clooney years, but I don't know what y'all would call them. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> salt and pepper I guess
0: yeah okay <laughs> we'll keep it there <laughs> all right so um how did you get involved with the church were you kingdom kid or were you met how'd you get in
1: so I was in high school and we had just moved to Georgia from Colorado um in I want to say 97 and my mother actually um, got invited out from a co-worker of hers. And so uh, initially it was just her and I that came to church. and I was um, in 10th grade. Mm-hmm. So since I had just moved to Georgia, I really didn't have any friends. I when I the, I'll never forget, the first time I came to church, I instantly fell in love instantly fell in love because I never been welcomed the way I felt welcomed when I, the first day I came.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, so many of the teens came over, introduced themselves and just made me feel like really, really welcomed. And it was, I was starving for that. I was Mm -hmm. so starving for that in high school. Um, especially not having any friends being in a new school and, Um, me and my mom both kind of started studying the Bible, um, pretty soon, pretty quick. Like I was, like I said, I was like, yeah, I'm ready. Like, I want to change my life. (laughs) 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 You know, and so, um, she and I both started studying the Bible. Um, and then my dad was a little, Harder to convince because he was still, you know, like they like to say very worldly
0: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> and he wasn't ready to give it up right away. But eventually he did. And um, he ended up getting baptized as well. And um, it was just it was just a very, I would say my in the beginning, it, it was amazing, you know, because like I said, I just yeah. I, I built these friendships I felt like people really cared for me and I was going through, um, mentally, I was going through a lot. Like I had before the church, I was starting to become suicidal. Um, I was having a lot of depression, um, because I just didn't have any friends and I felt I was bitter towards my parents for moving, you know, in high, when I was in high school. So I was very bitter so it couldn't have come at a better time. Um, and I do think that because of my age, I, like I said, I was in 10th grade. It it was very easy to manipulate me very easy Mm -hmm. because I was so starved for that attention. And so I feel, I feel like that's exactly what happened. You know, Mm they, they, they knew that a lot of us at that age were very easily influenced and, you know, studying the Bible, and learning about all the things that they teach you about like the sin and you know confessing everything if you don't confess everything you know you're not going to go to heaven and pretty much instilling that fear you know and it never quite sat right with me when they told me that my grandmother wasn't going to heaven because she didn't go to church with us
0: (laughs) Such a it's such a tell like uh everybody has a story of seems like of, of listening to someone tell them their grandmother isn't going to go to heaven.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I think like most people just assume, you know, when you're, you you have these older grandparents and especially like with my grandparents they've always been very heavily involved in in their church and mm-hmm. they when they told me that i was like you can't be talking about my grandmother no way mm-hmm. because she she dedicated her life to her church you know it's, and
0: yeah. it's crazy i
1: actually almost lost my best friend that i had um made and when i we when we lived in colorado i had A best friend that um, we were still, you know, communicating and talking on the phone and writing letters to each other. And I had one of my, um, I'm pretty sure it was like my discipler tell me, you need to write her a letter and tell her that she's going to hell. What? Because she's not a member of the church. And you guys, if you're still going to communicate with her, she needs to know the truth. And I did, I did that. And my friend was so hurt, of course, and she felt like, what is going on? Who are you? Like, this isn't like you to say something like this. And I was just like, yeah, mm-hmm, this is what it is. And you and I apparently can't be friends because you refuse to even think about coming to this church. Like, it was so horrible.
0: <laughs> it was so, so
1: horrible.
0: So was this like a discipler, like a teen, or was this one a teen worker, like an adult? Like
1: a teen worker.
0: A, an adult told you that you needed to, man. Yeah. I could imagine. I mean, I, I, I guess I could see like if you had like a teen friend tell you that, but it's, it just seems bananas.
1: I know, I know, and I, I'm so grateful that. You know, over time, she and I reconnected and I apologized profusely, (laughs) you know, about that, you know, uh, slip in judgment, you know, (laughs) Um, and I explained to her, like, honestly, I just I felt brainwashed um, by a lot of things. And, you know, thankfully, she understood and, and she, you know, didn't write me off. (laughs) and we're still we're still friends to this day
0: now now were you you guys like religious at all like growing up like so it was this this was just all new i mean besides your grandparents
1: right right Uh yeah like as far as my parents my upbringing no we were it was the actual opposite my parents partied and i used to be up partying with them um me and my brother uh-huh. And they would leave our leave us to go to the bar while they had <laughs> the way had all their drinks like left over from when they were drinking, and we would go around drinking all the tr- leftover drinks.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> this sounds like this sounds like the beginning of one of the new Christian sharing moments. <laughs> like, did you ever have to do that?
1: No, like what it was. Uh, it,
0: it was synonymous with like, like I remember in campus ministry every semester when there were new, bapt like people were newly baptized, they would get up and share their conversion stories. Uh huh. I don't, and uh, I mean, I got to do mine, and uh, but just the way you're saying it, it's just we had we had no. There was no Lord in our life. And I was drinking the drinks (laughs) after my parents.
1: We were heathens. (laughs) So, yeah. And that's, I think, even more reason why it was so easy to to manipulate me because it was such a drastic change. You know, there was structure. There was, you know, it felt like guidance and connection. All of these things. Like my parents you know, they they struggled financially, so they worked a lot. And we were latchkey kids, me and my brother. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we were home alone a lot. And the times that they were there, like, you know, my dad had an anger problem and we would have a lot of issues growing up. But, you know, obviously over the years, it, you know, especially with him going to church and stuff, it, it improved. Um, But, you know, there's still, if you have dysfunction. I mean, if you don't deal with the root of it, it's still going to be there regardless. And so yeah, yeah. So I think that when it comes to like my family, like my parents, I don't know if necessarily if those, um, past traumas ever really got resolved or healed or anything like that. We kind of just brushed it off and was like, Oh, well, you know, we'll just be better people, but we won't, Focus on the fact that there was a lot of things that happened in my childhood that you know, even childhood into teenagehood, you know, that I was like, Well, you guys really weren't there for me like that. <laughs> so
0: Dang. yeah. So it sounds like you guys moving here, getting in was at the beginning felt like something that you guys needed. Maybe kind of a
1: yeah. And and you know, I like. I won't completely shit on the church. I will say that there were, you know, definitely some good things, you know, friendships that I still have to this day. Um, And then obviously I met Gerard, you know, so I I can't be too mad at, at this whole situation and, you know, this whole experience because it did create some relationships that I, that I, you know, hold very dearly. And, you know, I also think that, in a way it allowed Gerard and I to have like this foundation for our relationship that we probably wouldn't have had if we would have met outside of church being so young, you
0: You know, we met with dating and stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. Cause we met, um, I'm trying to think I think it was our senior year. Um, he moved or senior year. Yeah. Senior year. He moved down here from Detroit. And, yeah, he wasn't
0: here very long. I remember he wasn't, it was very new because if he's, yeah. he's a year younger than me.
1: Right. Right. Uh, yeah. So we met, I was 16, t- turning 17 and he was 17 going on 18. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like I, I always tell people like that, especially my daughter, I have, uh, a 21 a year old daughter. She actually turns 21 tomorrow. And she's, of course, surrounded by these guys that are her age that are completely like, you know, they don't have that mindset where they want to settle down and be a decent guy. Like they're Mm -hmm. all young and they're not ready for all that yet. And so um, I look at her and I look at what she has to deal with. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I'm so grateful that I had You know, I met Gerard in the church and we kind of already had this like foundation Mm -hmm. of dating and how to treat a woman, how to, you know, treat a man, things like that. So I will say there were some good things for sure that came out of the church, but a lot of hurtful things, too, because um, as our relationship developed, it started to become kind of like uh, taboo. With the church because they felt like we were getting a little too yeah. comfortable with each other too fast. And uh I guess it didn't match their timetable. Well, if you and guys so, were
0: in still in the teens, you technically weren't allowed to be boyfriend, girlfriend. Right. They didn't think you were mature you were mature enough. Um, so that's not surprising. Right. Yeah, and- yeah. And was the, the, he was he a Kingdom kid too, or did he just did his he his family get met? If
1: I wouldn't consider him a Kingdom kid, but he he was in the church for a while in Detroit. Okay. Um, and he went to a couple summer camps out there. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, but I think he started going right in like high school, like beginning mm-hmm. of high school.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned the positives in dating. Um I want to go back to something but I want to stay here real quick because Yeah. It's it was it it's interesting to hear someone say the positives from dating, you know, because <laughs> there was like a sense of there was a lot that went into it that was kind of a very stressful for a lot of people.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, um,
0: definitely. But I think if I'm hearing it right it was just more of like the way that we dated sort of because there we couldn't, there was no sex going to be happening, or sure. like that, you had to do everything else. So it's almost like you had to develop friendships and and so right. there's there's a lot of relationship building that was able to happen through there,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think you know that i won't I won't take that away from from it. and i I mm-hmm. do appreciate that because you don't really find that so much anymore. You know, people aren't looking to develop relationships before it gets physical or, you know, whatever the case is. So, um, yeah, it, it was, it was tough because for me, you know, I, I would consider myself, especially like in high school, I was an ugly duckling, you know, I didn't really have get a lot of attention from boys and stuff like that. So dating in the church was really, special to me because um, wow. I wasn't getting that I wasn't getting that attention and going on dates that I went on I felt like like and I and I remember you, you and Keisha having this conversation on her episode you know having to make those plans and mm-hmm. you know telling telling the girl okay this is what we're gonna do we're gonna meet here we're gonna do this and then you know I got the joy of you know showing my great my gratitude by baking something or you know making mm-hmm. something you know we were we, we we were really broke so a lot of times i would just either yeah. you know make a cheap batch of cookies or i would just make a homemade card you know like just yeah. something to show that I, I was so grateful for that and i know a lot of other girls had different experiences with with the whole dating and sometimes it was cringy you know sometimes you got matched with someone that you really weren't attracted to or that you didn't really have you know you really didn't like or it had anything in common but for the most part i really enjoyed the dates that i went on you know with with a lot of the guys that in our in our uh ministry
0: yeah it's good to, it's good to get that perspective too um a lot of times i mean i come off very <laughs> i did not i didn't enjoy it a lot um But I do, I do get the benefits of like what that taught me, you know, Mm -hmm. even though I was like forced to do it that way, like there was like, this was the way you were going to do it. I think that's where my pushback always came from Yeah, because you just had to do it this certain way and you had to do that. But it kind of gave me a lot of like, I don't know, helped me understand like how to really have a relationship. How to really yeah. talk to, talk to girls sometimes and, and be creative with what you're doing. Right. So,
1: right. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I can see that for sure. <clears throat> yeah.
0: I know it always and- comes off that I'm just mad that I never got any cookies, but I'm just saying <laughs> when when you're watching all these people get all these great stuff and you're just not, it's just that- kind of frustrating.
1: If you ask Gerard, he will tell you that was the that was what made him fall in love with me was the brownies. I made him some really
0: brownies, good. yeah <laughs> so
1: you know it works
0: <laughs> so i want I want to back up just a little bit because so you're in this you get met into the church right and there's no religious background, and you're just like thrown into like
1: extreme,
0: yeah. Like, what did that put, like, in your head with regards to, like, what God was or who God was or, like, any of this?
1: Um, I think just being, you know, a 15-year-old girl, I just really wanted to please God. I, mm-hmm. you know, all of these stories, all of these scriptures that was being fed into me with the Bible studying and, you know, and then once I was baptized, you know, the constant quiet times and all these other things that we were required to do. I just, I more so looked at God like this being that was staring down at me and like every little thing that I did, he was watching me and I just wanted to make sure that I was doing everything right so that I would make him happy Mm
0: -hmm. and I
1: wouldn't go to hell because that was obviously like, you know, instilled in our brains that if you don't do this and this and this, you're going to go to hell. You know, and so it was more of a kind of a a fear slash, you know, I just want to make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing so that I'm good. But it never really felt like um, it just never really felt like there was this being that cared for me, that loves me, that was, you know, doing all of these nice things to make me, you know, let me have a great life. Like I just never viewed God like that. i more viewed him like an authority figure, I think.
0: Wow. That's real.
1: Yeah. And, and it, and it's to this day, I struggle. I hmm. am borderline atheist and not, like I have my days where I'm like, it's the universe. The universe is blessing me. Oh, I love the universe. And then the other days I'm like, I don't believe any of that. That's all crap. You know, like how mm-hmm. could, how could there be a God when there's all this suffering and this hatred and, you know, all these people are hurt and, and, you know, since the beginning of time, how can a God allow that? And so I have a lot of, I still have a lot of work to do in in trying to figure out what I believe.
0: And that's it's hard to let go of that. I mean, it's. I mean, I'm. I'm. You know, we're adults trying to to let go of this image that we had on this God, and and it's it's hard to reconcile with because you know you think about you learn that from adults, right? And that's kind of tough to like, that's what really made it easier for me to let go of was when I realized that like, a, like people said this,
1: mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. didn't have
0: to be truth. It kind of shrunk the whole thing for me mm-hmm. took till my late thirties to really understand that. But, yeah. but I mean, that, that, that authority figure was just, I mean, that was a theme yeah. for all of us. Um. You know i'd like to say that i thought god cared for me um but i think it was just more like i felt like he did when i was doing the right stuff
1: right right like okay you know sky daddy i did everything right do you love me now like that that's usually how i felt
0: sky daddy what a great <laughs> word i'm writing that down <laughs> That's, that's, that's the, that's who I'm going to be praying to now. <laughs> we're using God, we're going to say sky daddy.
1: <laughs> I'm serious. I, and I'm not, not to, you know, tell Gerard's story because you know, he, he may have a story for you one day. Oh, yeah. Um, But you know, he struggles with that. And I don't know if, if you had the same experience, especially when we were teenagers, but you know, they were really Hard about any type of pride, any type Mm -hmm. of pride. Like there's a difference between pride and pridefulness. And I think a lot of times it got lost in translation with people like Gerard or even like myself sometimes where you couldn't even feel proud of the hard work that you did without feeling guilty because you don't want it to be taken away because God's going to think you're being prideful or you know cocky or that you you know entitled you know and so he still struggles with that he still has to work on making sure that he can be proud of all of the things that he's done and worked hard for you know because he just naturally just feels guilty so it's it's crazy
0: yeah i think that um for all for a lot of us it the pride asked pride stuff always came in if you disagreed with someone and yeah. you couldn't really that was really a no-no right if someone above you or your disciple or a teen worker whoever says something about what you're doing in your life then you got to agree with how they say it right. or else you know you're being prideful you don't get it and you need to go back into the bible
1: yeah Yep. but then with and, with the yeah. good
0: being good um i always felt like something was around the corner
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like i think if there's a couple things that i that stuck with me is i'm a very i'm small mm. i think it really is i'm a small person right um and then i can never be comfortable because if i'm doing good right now something's wrong Mm. and I've got to find there's just it, it's like you're just you're like one second away from something bad happening a quote-unquote sin
1: oh my goodness you tell just like Gerard for sure like he yeah, he struggled sure. with that too it's like this balance mm-hmm. that you guys are always seeking like well things are going too good what's gonna mm-hmm. screw it up like that's yeah. always Gerard's thoughts right.
0: And there'd be scriptures that were being used, like the devil prowls around like a roaring lion waiting for someone to devour. And so yeah. there's this like constant need to like pray, constant need to work, constant need to be studying something. And I just mm-hmm. I just I've never like I, I struggle with just being comfortable with things going well in my yeah. life. Yeah, very yes. much a, It's a thing. And, and I And I learned it through the way that they taught us. yeah
1: absolutely and it's no coincidence because like i said gerard i we we both have struggle with that and i i have a, a bad habit of kind of tying to what you were just saying about you know always doing something it's almost like i am so critical of myself if i want to relax or just take a freaking day and just be lazy if i want it's almost like I in my mind I lose I feel like I lose value based on how much productivity I have.
0: Oh, and fuck yeah! <laughs> I'm telling you, you like, you, why you the know.
1: hell does it mean? Like, why do I have to be productive in order to have value?
0: I I think for me there's this sense of that I'm always behind the eight ball, and like I'm always like, yeah, you can't rest, you can't stop, you can't just be, you know,
1: right. Right. And, and that's, you know, I, I'm a little bit better at it than, than Gerard is. I guess I hate to keep bringing him up, but (laughs) you know, we, we have a lot of the same, you know, issues and traumas and stuff and, you know, but yeah, he, he typically can't just relax and not have anything on like the agenda or, you know, like it's just, it, it, t- it takes real effort to not do anything.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, I don't know if you've, I don't want to speak for you or something, but like for me, it, it all centers on this idea that like, I guess like I'm a bad person. Like, that's what I feel. If I were to wow. feel something from like what I've learned from church is that I'm a bad person mm. and there's no, there's nothing that There's no like basis for that. Right. There's no basis for that uh, for anything. But for some reason, like what was hammered into us was what we've been talking about. We're broken, dirty Mm -hmm. people. Yep. That the only way we're going to get good is, you know, is through, I mean, through Jesus dying, but us doing this stuff is what's going to make us good. And don't worry, you can always fall back. 'Cause you're always (laughs) you're a sinner. Like we're dirty, gross sinners. And like yeah, we can't It's, it's so hard to let go of.
1: Yeah. It's like they couldn't encourage you. It was like everything had to be shame. Like you had to be shamed in order to realize, oh, okay, yeah, I guess I need to be better because if I don't, you know, I'm a bad person, I'm a bad Christian, and Mm -hmm. you know, I'm I'm lukewarm, and you know, Jesus is gonna spit me out, you You know.
0: Sold out, girl.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he spit me out a long time ago, but you know.
0: Yeah, I I think it's harder because this happened when we were kids.
1: Yes, yes. That's
0: why it's harder for us to let go of it. And I think some people I mean, I have talked to people and that were met when they were adults and they kind of got in it like we did Mm -hmm. and had to have their own like therapy and other ways to get past this. And yeah, but it's (laughs) like us is to like the nth degree.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think when we were in it, it was probably the cultiest it was ever. Especially
0: if you're a worker bee. You know what I mean by that. If you weren't one of the we'll get into that in a minute, but Yes.
1: Definitely. Definitely. And yeah. Um I would say that um I don't I don't know if if we're jumping ahead, but I was just gonna say I think that, you know, when we got into campus, that was pretty much when Everything started unraveling for for me.
0: So so you went through you went through high school. You did the whole thing. You stayed. You went to campus. Um. Yeah. Was it a big difference? Was it like did you like it at first, or was it like it was just all bad from the beginning?
1: Um. Well, I would say that a lot of it had to do with Gerard and I's relationship because after high school, we pretty much were like officially dating and we didn't care that the church didn't want us to date. And so we kind of had it, we were, we were being very secretive and we were, you know, doing the whole weasel dating, all that good stuff. And, (laughs) and so campus was um, obviously, you know, I had a little bit more freedom Uh because I had moved out and moved in with some girls from church, you know, the typical sister household, Yep. Two sister household with two bedrooms. And was it four of us? Yeah. yeah, I think it was four of us. Um, And let me tell you something. One of my roommates, I will never forget this because this was um, not too long after I had moved in and I pretty much went crazy with my freedom. Like I was going out. Me and Gerard were going out. We were hanging out late at night. I was coming home late at night. And so one of my roommates, I don't know if he knew her. I'll, I'll just say her first name was Tiffany. Um, she picked up my keys and smelled my keys and said, you've been smoking cigarettes.
0: <laughs>
1: I was like, first of all, why the fuck are you smelling my keys? <laughs> Who does that? And second of all, I said, no, actually I don't smoke. I've never liked smoking, but yeah, we go places where people smoke, and that's probably what you smell. But once again, why are you smelling my keys?
0: What audacity to think that's what you needed to do?
1: Right, right. And see, I was the youngest in the household. I
0: uh-huh.
1: Gerard laughs at me because I love to tell people this, but I graduated high school when I was seventeen, and it's only because of my age. The, the you know when my age falls in the school year. That's funny. Um, <laughs> But I love telling people that because it makes me sound smart. <laughs> um, and and so it's funny because Gerard knows the truth and he just rolls his eyes, he's like, Oh my god, nobody cares that you graduated at 17. I said, No, you don't understand. Like I was living on my own with my, you know, in my sister household
0: at ah. 17. <laughs> and
1: so I feel like all of my roommates felt like they had to be my mother. You know, like they, they were trying to take care of me or look out for me because I was so young, but they went so extreme with it. I mean, they were nitpicking everything I was doing, which made me want to get out even more. You know, I was like, I don't want to, I, I have a mom. I don't need four other moms, and you know, or three other would moms. they
0: like, would they like keep watch? Cause you mentioned constant quiet times earlier. <laughs> would they like, know, yes. up early and. Oh, yeah. God, that had to suck.
1: Yes, yes. And I promise you, I would get a phone call from my discipler and she'd be like, yeah, I heard that you didn't have your quiet time today. And I'm like, I'm so what? I
0: never, I've never had to deal with that. Because <laughs> I just, A, I just couldn't afford to live on my own. Yeah. So I was just living with my parents. But, man, smell. Yeah, your... it, it see...
1: was like having a bunch of people just just ratting you out constantly uh-huh
0: yeah judging probably looking mm-hmm. at you I mean, you coming in late they know you hanging out with Gerard
1: right they're like this oh Jezebel. look at this girl this know, Jezebel girl. and it's funny that you say that it's funny that you say that because when um basically there was a time where you know we were meeting with church it was probably like a midweek service And the guys broke off with the guys and the girls broke off with the girls and Gerard accidentally slipped up
0: Uh and told
1: his group, his little disciple group that, you know, we had sex.
0: Oh God.
1: When that happened, boy, (laughs) the shame that was thrown on me.
0: Not Not on him. him. Not on him. him. Oh,
1: They, about four girls, like the, I'm talking about the campus, uh, you know, like, uh, what was her name? Patricia. Yeah. Patricia, the lead of the campus. Uh huh. Um, Her and like three other girls pulled me aside when we were ice skating. We were at an ice skating event,
0: <laughs>
1: an ice skating event for all the campus people. And they pulled me aside in the lobby. And they were like, you're a slut. Oh you are God. trash. What? Yes, they no. pulled me aside and they were like, you are trash. We can't believe that you and Gerard are having this immoral relationship. You are, um, what did they say? It, they didn't say Jezebel. Oh, oh, it was even better. They called me a, seduct- a seductress.
0: Shut the fuck. No, seductress. <laughs>
1: And, uh, you know, I, I wish to this day, I wish I was the person that I am today that I would, you know, back then, because back then I was a lot more timid, you know, a lot more shy and and quiet and and just insecure about myself. And I just let them pile it all on me. They just said all these things and I just took it. And I sat there and of course I was crying, but I was just like, no. Nothing. I didn't, I didn't stand up for myself. I just took it. And I promise you if that were today, man, I almost wish I could relive that experience so I could really, you know, respond the way I really, really wanted to, (laughs) but yeah, they really hurt me. Um, Definitely, you know, judging No, there was no love in any of the things they were saying, And uh, at that moment, I was like, I am never coming back. I'm like, you know, never, I'm never going to do this again. I'm not doing this. Like I'm out, I'm out. So that was when I left.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask when things get weird, but here we go. That's when it got weird.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: like that's, and what's so crazy is how probably, how right they felt in saying things yes which is which is definitely a it's a church thing it's definitely you know you have like like you them telling you that and saying those words and calling you that yeah. is like like they in their minds Jesus would do that god would do that right you need to feel broken in order to change
1: yeah right? yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, and they were so smug, their faces, like you said, like they really felt good about what they were saying to me, every single one of them. And I just remember looking at all of them, like hoping that one of them would turn to the other and say, OK, that's enough, you know, but no, they all look, were looking at me basically with their, you know, their noses turned up and just like they were disgusted and I'll never forget. I was like walking to my car from that from that night and just bawling my eyes out. And someone had saw me walking and stopped me. And they were like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I just I couldn't even tell them, like, how can you just tell them what happened? Like, you know, it was it was such a crazy situation. And so I just remember jumping in my car, going home. And then basically from then on, my plan was I got to get out of this apartment. I can't live with these girls
0: Were they the Um, girls you lived with?
1: No, no, no. They weren't, thankfully. Thankfully. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I was... But, I mean, you know, it it was still... It was still... um, There was a lot of tension in the house because they knew that, you know, I wasn't trying to stay going to church or anything. And so then, when they all came out, they basically gave me an ultimatum, the roommates. They were like, either you... If you're if you're leaving the church, well, I guess it really wasn't an ultimatum. They were basically just saying, Hey, if you're leaving the church, you gotta move out. You can't stay here. And I was like, Well, I paid my rent for this month, so I'm definitely staying until the end of the month, regardless. So
0: Damn.
1: Yep. So um I actually moved in with uh with Gerard and his mother because he was living with his mom. Cause he, he was like you, he never, he never lived in a, in a household either. He uh-huh. he stayed with his mom and then um, eventually him and I got our own place.
0: And so how long were you in campus before this happened? It doesn't sound like it was very long.
1: Probably a year. Like right I think at a I year.
0: probably missed you then.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was probably right at a year. Cause see, I, like I said, I graduated in 2000. So this was around 2001
0: when all this went down. Yeah, because I don't remember seeing seeing you guys. um, You know, yeah, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, and
0: seductress.
1: I'm a seductress, a a temptress. You know, that may have been one of the words they used too. And I was like, "Excuse me, but I'm not, (laughs) I'm not tempting him like this. He's he's fully in control of his of his (laughs) actions."
0: And what did what pushback did he get?
1: He just got that he basically the only thing that they told him was that we needed to break up. <laughs> that was it. And if we didn't break up, then we couldn't stay members of the church. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: When I had a secret relationship um, and it finally came out, uh, they told me I had to choose her or God. I remember that <laughs> conversation.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. Of course, I chose God because, you know. <laughs> like we were saying before the programming in us and even we just hear those things and we're like yeah you're right
1: yeah um
0: i mean good on you for leaving um and so like we
1: we tried we did try to break up for like two weeks and we we were we we were like what are we doing what are we doing like what's wrong with Loving someone and and being in a loving relationship, like yeah, it may not be morally what you think is moral, but if anything, I would have thought you guys would have been encouraging us because we're both members of the church. You know, we could never date anybody outside the church. Mm-hmm. You know, but no, you know, they felt like you we weren't ready and that we were moving too fast. And
0: yeah, it's all control. Yeah, I yeah. Wanna... They want to be able to tell you when you're ready. They want to be able to tell you when you yeah. can think and stuff like that. Um, which yeah. So-
1: yeah, definitely. And then, you know, when, when we finally made the decision to leave, um, you know, it, it was sad because we had some friends that we were, you know, constantly hanging out with that were told they were not allowed to hang out with us anymore. And I mean, this is campus. So we're talking about adults here. And they were like, no, you can't hang out with Karen and Gerard. No, they're worldly now. You can't hang out with them. And so there were some some friendships that I actually did lose because they were just trying to be a good Christian and listen and not, you know, I guess they felt like if they hung out with us, we would we would get them to do bad things and, you know, drugs.
0: Because you're a seductress
1: yeah I guess that that way and no you're good it it, it doesn't bother me it doesn't bother me because at this point I'm not so much hurt by that anymore I think that it kind of goes back to like with my parents um, especially with like my mom um, you know when I told her all this was going on and she was fully aware all this was going on because they were also communicating with her
0: jeez they were the campus leaders
1: Yeah. Yep. And my roommates and all of them. So God I know, I know. And so I think a lot of the hurt that I still carry Mm -hmm. is more so the fact that I didn't feel like my mom had my back with all of this is going on. And they still, to this day, chose the church over their daughter, you know, in the in the crap that I experienced. It was so bad. It was so bad. I forgot to tell you this part. Um, This was actually still when we were in the teens. They made me get baptized a second time because I (laughs) slipped up and I told my discipler that I didn't confess um, everything in my sin study.
0: Oh God, (laughs) how dare you? I thought you were going to say like an elbow was out because we had to be fully immersed.
1: Right. Oh no. But I mean, It was crazy because it was at like some church member's house and they had a jacuzzi in their Mm -hmm. backyard and they had me get in this freaking jacuzzi to get re-baptized. And I, it was, that was so humiliating. Like I, my, and my mom, my parents just went along with it. They were just like, yeah, yeah, he probably just need to get baptized again. And I'm like, and you know there was all these people there. I didn't know who they were. They were like mostly friends of my parents. You know, like I said, this was still when I was in the teens, and I just remember thinking like, "This is so fucked up. What am I doing? What? What? Like, are you serious? <laughs> all because I didn't disclose every single thing that I did as a as a human?
0: That whole confession though was for real. You had to say everything. Yeah, you had to like, you almost had to come up with stuff.
1: Uh, right. Like, it's almost like with us being so young, I mean, we really didn't have this rap sheet of things that we probably did. And, and you know, and I and, and I think the thing that it was, which is this was what made it so even more embarrassing was I think I have forgot to or not forgot, but I left out the fact that, you know, I, you know, it was like masturbation or something like something so stupid. God. And they were like, oh, you didn't confess that in your sin study. So you're gonna have to get rebaptized.
0: We <laughs> took we took masturbation real serious yes. in the church. I think <laughs> I think being gay and masturbating were the worst oh, things gosh. you could see as a as a member of our yes. church.
1: Yes. And yeah. and how dare they even think that a bunch of teenagers could not do that like the fact that they would burn that into everybody's brains like you better not you better not do that that's that's you know
0: (laughs) you gotta ask gerard if he ever had to sit in a circle and around a bunch of dudes and talk about how many times they did
1: oh i know he has i know he has and it's just there's no way he he's even said himself like I, if I couldn't do it for Jesus, what what makes you think I could do it for you?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that was our like that was our thing. Like it was it was the, for the for the guys. It was all just trying. You were just so trying so hard to control yourself, and you just and it just was always this. Oh God, it was
1: guys were you know we were all experiencing raging hormones
0: yeah and it was this disgusting thing that was inside you that you had to do everything in your power not to and as soon as you did it then you just put jesus back up on the cross (laughs) like people would tell me that like every time Uh, you masturbate you're putting jesus back on the cross or (laughs) no yeah yeah or like people would try to stop you and say like masturbation is a form of gay sex
1: because oh my gosh! Because you're pleasing
0: a man, you right?
1: Know? Jeez, but you anyway. know, it's like talk about reaching, you know? Like God, and and we believed it. We we were, yeah. we were so convinced, and like you yeah, know,
0: I mean, your parents were convinced, you were convinced, my parents <laughs> were convinced. It wasn't like they were. I don't, you know, they your parents and, and my parents weren't like doing this like out of a mean spirit it was like they were like this is it
1: yeah they were like we're we we care about your salvation you know
0: (laughs) yeah it's just yeah but that fall i mean is it hard for you to trust people now
1: no that that's never really you know been a struggle for me in fact i think that i'm a little too trusting just because i I tend to be a type of person that likes to just give you the benefit of the doubt until you give yeah. me a reason to. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it I, it's got me burned uh, quite a few times, and so you would think I would learn my lesson, but mm-hmm. no, <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> it's like that. There's this comedian Nate Bargatze where he talks about. His parents were '80s and '90s Christians, and he just grew up thinking, like, yeah, everybody tells the truth, nobody lies. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what do you mean? Like that's just that's the world we were in.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we pretty much worshipped, you know, the the Saps and you know the Barnetts and or yeah, uh, not the Barnettes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean. We, we worship these that th- we thought they could do no wrong. And, you know, little did we know pretty much, I would say 99.99% of these people had double lives, you know?
0: Yeah. It's, it, oh. that was tough. It's tough. It's yeah. tough to, like have these people that are up on these pedestals, you know, we, right. we all up there.
1: Yeah, definitely. and, and, You know, I, like I said, I just was mainly focused on like making sure I was making everybody happy. I was definitely a people pleaser, people pleasing, you know, it it is still something I struggle with. It's hard for me to say no, you know, to things that Mm -hmm. I may not be comfortable with, but I just don't want to make things, you know, uncomfortable for the other person. And so that's something that I'm, that I'm always struggling with and I'm trying to be better at is not being such a people pleaser you know, and tell, telling it like it is, living yeah. my you know.
0: That's how you got ahead in our church.
1: Yeah.
0: Amazing, you know?
1: That is true.
0: So, so you leave the church, you're told everyone's told not to hang out with you, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I can remember like I mean, falling away was such that was our term. Well, yep.
1: Yeah, falling away when the we birth- fell away. it, it, it It's it was heartbreaking. I remember, um, you know, when I was still very much heavily in the teen ministry and my first discipler, well, she was never really my discipler, but she was like the one that I studied the Bible with that I just got really close with. And she was she was another teen as well, but she was a little older um, and she ended up falling away. And and I didn't know like somebody I had to find out like through the grapevine and I just remember feeling so heartbroken that she didn't herself tell me that she was, <laughs> she was leaving. Oh, the yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, like falling away was such a huge, like huge deal. Like everybody would be whispering like, yeah, did you hear so-and-so like, you know, but yeah, we were, we were pretty much told, uh, or people were pretty much told not to hang out with us. And I mean, it was so bad when we got married, we got married in 2002. Um,
0: there was oh, people
1: that, yeah we were babies babies we were just like right. you know let's do it um there was people told that they they shouldn't come to our wedding you know and we had a couple people still come that were still going to the church but it was very um i don't know it was kind of awkward because they, I had one girl actually ask me, "Did you get married just so that you guys could have sex?" Like, I was <laughs> like, "What kind of a question is that?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Trust me, that is not why."
0: <laughs> that's just an added bonus.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I, I, I didn't even know what to say when somebody asked me that. I was like, "Is that a real question? You really think that that's why somebody would get married?" <laughs> man that wasn't an issue before
0: (laughs) you people couldn't go i mean it was real like i remember um one a good friend of mine he fell away and i don't know if i've told that story here or not but i had bought all these tickets to go see incubus Mm. were, we're gonna drive to nashville see incubus there were like nine of us that were gonna go wow and between buying the tickets and the concert, this guy had fallen away. Mm-hmm. And I remember I mean, we were super close, we were tight. We had, I mean, we hung out a bunch.
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome. And uh, he fell away. And then one of the guys that was on the group that was going to go, he remembered that this guy was supposed to, he had gotten a ticket. Mm-hmm. And so he goes, he basically said, Look, man, if he goes, I'm not going to go. Uh And I remember and I remember like having this awkward conversation because the buddy called and was like, talk about the concert. And I was like, yeah, you can't come. Oh, and it was just like I just remember like not agreeing with that situation at all. But like knowing I had to do it, you know,
1: and it's just like what, you know, for them to tell you that what would have been the purpose? Like you can't let somebody just enjoy a concert just because they yeah. don't go to church. Like what are they afraid going to happen? Yeah. Like that's that crazy thinking that a lot of them had, like you cannot yeah. be yoked.
0: You I, I oh, I got to tell you this. Oh, I got to share this other thing too. Sorry. Um, no, you're- I really liked this girl mm-hmm. been going on dates and all this stuff it was fun we had gone on like five or six dates and uh she lived in Athens
1: mm. and
0: it got this was after the letter cuz you left before the letter came out yeah so there were a little bit of a less rules but
1: mm-hmm. it was this
0: i was taking her out <clears throat> and this was the the date that i was going to i was going to say like look i like you mm. and so like we're eating pizza whatever hanging out you know, and I'm like, okay, I gotta, how am I going to tell her this? You know, I'm all nervous and stuff. And then she <laughs> right away. It it's literally like I was going to tell her something. Then she goes, I have to tell you something.
1: Oh no. She's like,
0: I'm not going to go to church anymore.
1: Oh no. And I was like,
0: no. fuck.
1: No, I can't like you.
0: And, and I didn't, I never told her that. I don't know if I've oh, ever told her that. Man. But, um, I was like, that was a, you. you could have at least told her like i don't know but once they said that y'all were we had to to disengage (laughs) so so was that hard for you guys to like go from having this this big friend group all these people to just not having anybody
1: well, the good thing is that um when all of this was going on, like we were we were going to Gerard and I both were going to Georgia Perimeter, which is now I guess Georgia State now, but back in the day it was Georgia Perimeter.
0: The Georgia is not Georgia's perimeter anymore?
1: Uh uh-uh, uh, Georgia State bought them out.
0: <laughs> oh. Oh my yeah. well, I went to GPC.
1: You did? Did you go yeah. to the um which one did you go to? Because then it was the
0: Dunwoody campus. campus.
1: Yeah, we did too.
0: I mean, I was there we for. Were
1: going, we were going. Uh, it was like two thousand one. In that time frame.
0: Oh no, I was at West Georgia then, and then I went to GPC. I mean, it took me thirteen years to get a degree, so I was at GPC for probably four and a half years. That's okay. That's <laughs> not a, It's a two-year college. At least
1: got some show for it. I, you know, I I did University of Phoenix and GPC, and I and I I never finished. So. I not
0: anyway. Sorry, I just it just blew my mind that no more GPC.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so we were we were at GPC at the time, and we started making new friends that weren't even associated with the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were kind of like splitting our time, and that's that's generally who we would be hanging out with when I would be coming home late when I was still living, you know, in the household with these girls. And so uh, we were in the kind of like dividing our time between these friends from school and church friends. And so when we f- officially left and and all of these church friends were told not never to hang out with us, we, it, we really didn't, it didn't really feel like we were losing anything because it was already starting to dwindle and we were spending more time with these other friends anyway. And then it just became a point where, um, you know we were spending all of our time now with these other friends so honestly it i didn't miss it i think there was obviously times where i was sad you know when some of that some of the church friends that i was really close with wouldn't like communicate with me you know Mm -hmm. that of course was sad but over the years you know they all kind of well you know woke up (laughs) and wisened up and they all left the church now and you know they kind of all inched their way back and like hey I still want to be friends <laughs> it's like yeah i was never not wanting to be your friend
0: <laughs> that's good um what did your friends that were outside of the church think about all this do they know what was going on
1: um yeah i'm I, I know they knew what was going on i think they were just kind of like you know that's definitely sounds like a cult like you know they used to look at us like why are you guys even dealing with any of this stuff like why are they in your business like this and it's just like you don't understand like we had to tell them everything yeah you know so they just didn't really get it
0: man (laughs) yeah would you tell people about the stuff that we did they just look at you like you have three heads
1: yes seriously they're Um, like what like you're telling me that they had that much control over you guys? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did.
0: They really did. Man. So, so where did you kind of, I mean, so, I mean, I, I guess it's been a long time since you've been a part of the church. And yeah, I know you said that your parents still attend. That's mm-hmm. probably has to be point of contention.
1: Definitely. And, you know, I, <laughs> I have a bad habit of um liking to kind of start debates with them
0: yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) well especially religious debates and so you know over the years I've, i've been you know doing a lot of reading on you know not only different religions but just different belief systems and um you know like the history of religion and things like that and so um you know, we've, we've gotten into a couple of heated debates with my parents and, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I get kind of sick enjoyment out of it. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, one of the one of the uh, last times that I that I visited them, I finally flat out just to kind of get a reaction. I was just like, um, just want to let you guys know that I'm a fucking atheist.
0: Oh, geez.
1: <laughs> just to get a reaction and my dad was like what 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 are you talking about there's no way you can be an atheist there's there's no way how can you deny the presence of god and i'm like it's very funny. easy actually
0: yeah I, um, when i when we got my wife and i got married we had a our therapist uh married us and it, it was a woman mm-hmm. i remember it a couple people in my family with like that was kind of weird for them. She also happened to do like Reiki healing and so Oh they,
1: wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Heard
0: about that. So there's there's definitely a point where people were just like, I don't what what are you guys into now? <laughs> Cause, Cause I have friends that were still a part of the church then and they came uh-huh. and stuff. And it was I told I remember I told one of my friends I was going to have a Wiccan wedding oh just to mess with
1: them you know right right so yeah you know like you got to think about all these different uh belief systems and that's why it just makes me laugh when you have all these people trying to you know get prayer back in school and i'm like hey you better be careful what you ask for because you can't just be talking about one type of prayer you you got to open it across the board if that's the case
0: You're gonna have all sorts of prayers in school, yeah.
1: Satanic, you know, witches, you know, all kinds of stuff, and and I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, you but know? it sounds like thinking about a god is kind of still hard.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, I, I definitely still struggle going back and forth with that. Mm-hmm. But I, I do feel like i I more so agnostic, I guess, is probably the best way to explain it because it's like I'm, I'm to the point where I don't want to necessarily deny the presence of a God, but mm. I'm just waiting for evidence, I guess, like actual proof because I just for myself, for my personal belief, I cannot fathom you know being a god and witnessing all of these horrible atrocities happening all over the world from Mm -hmm. slavery to you know all i mean to to present day genocides and just allow it you know just let it happen because of free will or because this is just what destiny this is what i you know destined to be and it's it's, it's very hard for me to think like, why would I want to worship that? Why would I want to pray to someone like that? To me, those traits is the traits of an abusive husband. Like that's how <laughs> I
0: see it. You know,
1: when I think of like these, these, yeah. tra- God, like, you you have to respect me. You need to bow down to me. You need to pray to me. You need to be grateful for me, all these things. And I'm like, man, if you were a man i i this would be very this would be a very toxic relationship <laughs>
0: <laughs> to say the least <laughs> So
1: yeah it, it's and and you know it's it's interesting because gerard and i both have very different um feelings on that because he's yeah. still very much believes in god but it's of course changed over the years to where it's not so much of a presence where he's looking down on you and judging every little action that you do but more so just the creator that's it that's kind of how he looks at god is just he's just the creator and you know everything else is just everything else you know and so we both have different perspectives on it and the good thing is we don't um we don't you know shame or judge each other for how we feel because you feel how you feel and you know our lives have Mm -hmm. created these beliefs and these feelings of you know over all the experiences that we've had over the years so
0: yeah i get that i i think for me one of the biggest things is i just don't feel like i have to prove or convince to anybody anymore
1: yeah yeah
0: that was such a big thing
1: that's so freeing Mm-hmm. I know for me, when I got to that place, when I finally was just like, you know what? I want to live life and and be grateful for the things that I've accomplished because of the hard work that I did. Yeah. Yes. Like, I, I understand people like to be grateful and thank God for the things that they have in their life, But, you know, sometimes I feel like I sound like Snoop Dogg when he's like, I want to thank me.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> i want to thank me for you know all the heart like seriously like i watch out I, don't be too prideful uh right right and that's <laughs> that's the that's the hilarious part of it is like you know that's where gerard and i differ because i'm like i want to feel proud of the accomplishments i did for all those sacrificing and the hard work that i did to yeah. get here and not this imaginary person or sky daddy whatever you want to call him you know he i just don't feel like he should get all the credit i'm the one doing the labor
0: yeah. <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> and i know i know people have different opinions on that you know but for me personally i i look at you know the fact that i had to put in the work and you know like I think of like a surgeon, like, yes, you could thank God that a surgeon was able to perform the surgery to his best of his ability. But guess what? He still had to do it. He still had to have the knowledge. He still had to have the expertise, you know, so it's like I almost feel like it would be insulting as a surgeon if, so, if someone was like, I'm praying to God to to direct your, you know, your hands. And it's just like, well. What about all the schooling that I did and all this money that I paid and all this hard work that I did? Like God didn't do that; I did I know.
0: that. Yeah. You
1: know? So I, I have those thoughts a lot.
0: <laughs> so, so what do you think? We were in a cult. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Thankfully, it wasn't one of those uh, drink the Kool Aid cults, but. <laughs> You know, what was that what that cult called? Where they all drink the, the Kool-Aid and... Jonestown. What, what was it?
0: Jonestown.
1: Jonestown.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's the one where they had, like, the the, the blankets draped over their bodies? Yes, Women. I think and so. That was so wild.
0: Mm-hmm. That
1: was so wild. But, yeah, thankfully, we weren't in one of those. But, yeah, I, I completely believe that we were in a cult, yes.
0: Yeah, well... Well... Thank you for sharing the story. This was this was like a roller coaster. It just Oh yeah. <laughs> it went it was rad. Thank you. Um
1: no problem. For
0: sharing your no story. Problem.
1: Yeah, anytime, anytime. Like I said, uh, you know, if Gerard ever feels comfortable, you know, talking to you, mm-hmm. you know, send them your way.
0: Sweet, that'd be awesome. And you know, and those of you out there listening, if you're part of the ICOC, positive or negative. I'd love to hear you talk. You can come on and we'll sh- we'll have a conversation about it, try to figure all this out. You can do that by emailing me at the pcast at gmail.com or on DMing me on my Instagram. Uh, so, yeah. Well, thank you, Karen.
1: I appreciate you.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you, too. Thank you all for listening. Until next time.
1: All right. Take care.